Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. A lot to talk about today as we continue our discussion on two-player games for the Valentine's Day week, as well as um, Edge of Darkness. Uh, Jeremiah did an interview with the designer of Edge of Darkness yesterday. Make sure you go back and check that out. If you have any questions about that or want to talk about it, we love to talk about it because it is going to be a fantastic game. We're excited because that's going to hit Kickstarter on uh, February 20th, so you don't want to miss out on that. But if you're not sure what it is yet, go ahead and take a listen to our previous broadcast from yesterday, and you can find out all about Edge of Darkness by AEG Games. Uh, and finally, we want to talk about what's been hitting the table so far this week. Uh, last night, Jeremiah and I had a chance to get together with some buddies and play some games. We were able to get uh, Defenders of the Realm to the table, Ethnos, and Quest for El Dorado, which was fantastic to play three different games last night. Um, my favorite, uh, which was um, Defenders of the Realm. Defenders of the Realm is probably my second favorite cooperative game that I own, and uh, or even that I played in general. I love it. You've got four generals that are all around your uh, big map board that are trying to march on the center city, Monarch City. Many ways to lose. If a general gets in, you lose. If they uh, make 12 outbreaks in the land, you lose. If you run out of one of the colors of their minions, you lose. Um, all sorts of different ways to lose. Only one way to win. Kill all four generals. Last night, it came down to the last roll. We were fighting our last blue dragon general. He was about to come into Monarch City. We only had one crystal left for an outbreak in the land. And we literally, literally were down to the last turn. And we had uh, one of our players had a really good roll and was able to take out that dragon. And it was just awesome because we don't win this game very often. Not because we're bad players. Well, maybe. <laughs> but mostly because it's a really hard game. And um, when you add expansion stuff in like we did last night, it makes it even harder. So uh, we had a ton of fun with Defenders of the Realm. I'm sure you're going to hear about Ethnos from Jeremiah later today and probably maybe some Quest for Eldorado, although we have been talking about that quite a bit. But let's talk two-player games. Um, we, we, it is Valentine's Day week, and we've been discussing games that we think it's awesome to play with your significant other and or just your friend. Uh, two-player games are great. Um, the one I'm going to mention today is one that Rachel and I play quite frequently. It's called Patchwork by U.A. Rosenberg. Patchwork is a semi-abstract, um, Tetris-like game. You have a grid. I think it is a 10 by 10 grid. Um, it's your quilt that you're kind of patching together with patchwork pieces. And the goal of the game is to fill in as much of that quilt as you can. And at the end of the game, for every uh, part of the grid that is not filled, it's a negative two points. Uh, for all the buttons you have earned, which is also your income throughout the game, uh, you will get positive points. So you take your positive points minus your negative points. Hopefully you end up in the positive and hopefully you end up having more points than the other player. It's a really cool game because you are uh, drafting these pieces for your board um, as you go around in this kind of circle with this pawn. Uh, there's a pawn that's in this circle of tiles and you are allowed to take uh, one of the three pieces in front of the pawn and you have to pay for the piece according to its its value um, whichever one of those three you want to take and then you also have to pay an amount of time okay when you run out of time on the board 
uh, the game ends for you. So you don't want to spend your time too quickly because you don't want to get to the end of the game before you buy all the pieces you want to buy. So you have to be very conscious about how much a piece costs and how much time it's going to cost you too. Now each piece will generate some income later in the game because there are certain markers that you pass on the time board that will tell you generate income. For all the buttons you have on your patchwork piece that you've been building, that's how much income you'll receive. So if you've got seven buttons on the piece of patchwork you've been creating, that's how much income you're going to receive when you pass a certain income marker on the time board. So balancing how you're moving along the time track and how much you're spending and how much you're taking in is really quite difficult as well as what you're, what piece you're going to take that's in front of the three pond or that's in front of the pond that you're using. So I love Patchwork, fantastic game for you and another person. Check it out. That's all for today. Hey everyone, Jeremiah here with Board Games FM. As always, we're powered by Theology of Games. Just wanted to do a first impression sit. <laughs> I can barely talk today. A first in impression segment on Ethnos. So we played Ethnos last night and now this isn't a new game it's been out for a little while now but we this is the first time i actually had a chance to get it on the table since getting it back at gen con if you want to know why it's taken me so long to get some of these games on the table listen to my podcast that's how i roll long story short we had a fire last year and had a lot of time where i wasn't able to actually do a lot of gaming anyway but last night got ethnos on the table and i had been really excited about this one for a while and my excitement and my expectations did not go unmet. This game is really, really fun, very easy to learn, to play, but the strategy and the interaction and everything about this game is great. Now, the artwork is so-so. The board is kind of dull and boring. The uh, the cards on on eh, the cards are okay. I felt like it could have been more exciting. I know Firestone said the same thing about it, but the gameplay is so good. It's very very easy. There are cards that you put into the game, and there's there's different sets of them, so you have some replayability. And so there's either centaurs or halflings or giants or elves or dwarfs. And all of those types of cards have different colors. And you play them, it's like playing Jim Rummy. You line up a bunch of them, everybody starts the round with one card. You either draw a card or play down what they call a band or a set. The set can either be all matching types, so all matching dwarves or giants or whatever, or all matching colors. The one that you put down as the leader, so like the top card of that, Whatever color that is, you can place a control marker into a region on the board, and it's broken up. I think there's six or seven regions, and that's it. You try to gain control of those regions. After the round is over, when you go through the deck, there's three dragon cards that come out. That third dragon card comes out. That ends the round immediately, and you score. So you score points for the sets that you put down in front of you. The more you have, more cards you have in a set or a band, the more points you get. But you also get points for controlling the area on the map. So all those different areas have different randomized score values. And it escalates as the rounds go on. And you play three rounds and that's it. Most points wins. It is so good. It's so fun. 
Like I said, it's very, very easy to learn. There's not a lot of housekeeping. There's not a lot to it. All of the different types of cards have different abilities. So the centaurs do different things. There's uh, wing folk that let you place anywhere on the map instead of just the color. There's just, there's a lot going on with it, but it doesn't, it never feels cumbersome. It never feels hard or difficult. Like the hardest thing is, is to remember to draw your card or, or pick your card because your turn comes back around like super fast. We played four players last night and it was like draw, 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 draw. Like everybody just knew what they wanted to do. It was great. So I really enjoy this one. It's uh, from Simon Games. It's Ethnos. It's basically gin rummy with area control and superpowers. And it is a blast. I can't wait to play it with my kids and my wife. It's going to be a good time, and I can't believe it took me so long to get it on the table. All right, I'll be back with more on our discussion about two-player games in just a moment. But until then, we'll talk to you next time. I'm Jeremiah Isley, talking about Ethnos here on Board Games FM, powered by Theology of Games. Up next, Paul from Star Realms Minicast calls in, talking about two-player games. He's talking Onitama, so let's give that a listen. Thanks for calling in, Paul. Really appreciate it. Hey, it's Paul from Star Realms Minicast, and yes, Star Realms and Hero Realms are my favorite two-player game, favorite game, period. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about Onitama. Onitama is a two-player abstract strategy game, sort of a chess variant, where you have five pieces, and you're trying to move them to kill the other player's master or take over their position. And uh, you have these little cards that tell you how your pieces can move, and they sort of trade hands, and so uh, you have to keep track of... Well, if I make this move now, I'll be giving them this move, and then they'll think about that two moves down the line. It's a nice little game. I'm not very good at it. Um, I'm not very good at chess, but I do really love this game. The components are beautiful, and uh, every now and again, I squeak out a win over players that do play chess a lot, and that feels really good. So check out Onitama. Thanks for calling in, Paul. I'm going to go ahead and do my two-player segment for the day. And I'm going to start off with Onitama. I completely agree with everything Paul just said. Onitama is really fun, really great components, just a beautifully executed game, lots of fun strategy, high replayability because of how the cards are dealt for your movement. There's only uh, three, or no, I'm sorry, five that come into the game every time, but there's more than that included. Really, really fun game. Another one that I wanted to talk about, which is uh, another great two-player game, is called Holmes, Sherlock, and Mycroft. It's from Devere Games, and they, uh, they've done this one. It's, it's light worker placement with a little bit of set collection as the goal. You play as Sherlock or Mycroft trying to solve a, a crime, and the whole concept is that you go and visit characters set in the Sherlock Holmes uh, world or setting, and you uh, you go there, you get their abilities, you get to trade cards, you get to get clue tokens that give you the ability to buy these cards that you're trying to set, collect, and score points. It plays over seven rounds, which goes really quick. It's probably 20 or 30 minutes, and it's just a lot of fun. It's a great little game, really well designed, and uh, it's from, again, that's from Devere Games, Sherlock and Mycroft. I think if you are into two-player games, it should be in your collection. It's a very unique two-player game, uh, unlike anything that I've, I, I have in my collection, actually. So that is that one. I really enjoy that. 
And I'm going to be talking about the Duke and the Jarl tomorrow. Look for that. Thanks again for calling in, Paul. We'll talk to you soon.